Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Here's some items that happens in sports jersey history on February 2nd. The forming of a major league in baseball, tying one of the great ones records, and Pistol Pete hits a milestone. Listen to learn more about sports history from me with the uniforms and jerseys the players wore all coming up in just one moment. My name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports as well as football by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my sports friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch, and welcome once again to the Pig Pen, where we're going to talk about preserving some great bits of sports history based on the athletes in the gear and uniforms that they wore especially the uniform numbers the date we're talking about today is february 2nd and on that day in 1876 baseball's national league forms at the grand central hotel in new york city with the teams in boston chicago cincinnati hartsford louisville new york philadelphia and st louis Forming that great National League, and uh, you know, look how many of those are still cities that are represented in a National League. Uh, just amazing that it carried on that long. February second, nineteen forty-three, the Chicago Cubs returned to their original uniforms after they experimented for a year or two with a vest that they were wearing. Uh, that's kind of odd. Right before, right during World War II, putting a vest on. Uh, February 2nd, 1954, Rio Grande's college's superstar hoops player, Bevo Francis, who wore number 32, he scored 113 points in a basketball game against Hillsdale. Now, if that name sounds familiar, well, it should be because we just talked about old Bevo putting up 116 points last week against another opponent that same 1954 season. He averaged something crazy like 46 points a game uh, that year for Rio Grande College. So very dominant uh, player that knew how to find the hoop. Uh, February 2nd, 1959, Vince Lombardi signed a memorable five-year contract to coach the NFL's Green Bay Packers. 
Now, Lombardi had the Packers in contention for an NFL title in all but one of his seasons at the helm. We just talked about uh, the other day, uh, it was the anniversary of Lombardi's uh, resigning I believe it was February 1st, resigning. Uh, Same day, uh, just 18 years earlier, uh, Curly Lambeau resigned on February 1st. So kind of interesting that the beginning of February was a roller coaster ride for Packers fans and their great coach. February 2nd, 1964, pitchers Red Faber, who were number 18 and 19 with the White Sox. Burley Grimes, who... Wore a whole bunch of different numbers, 16, 18, 20, 21, 23, and 37 with a, a bunch of various clubs. Their pitcher, Tim Keefe, he played before numbers uh, were required on the uniforms, but he also played with a variety of clubs. Left fielder, Heine Manush, who once wore numbers 2, 3, 7, 14, 26, and 36. Not in that order, but uh, just did them in numerical order. Uh, he wore that, those with a bunch of different clubs also. And shortstop John M. Ward and Miller Huggins, they both played before numbers were required on the jerseys and with a variety of clubs. Well, all of them were elected to enter into the Baseball's Hall of Fame. Back on that Groundhog's Day of 1964. Well, February 2nd, 1967, that marks the formation of the American Basketball Association. Uh, That's announced. Uh, The ABA was a former competitive league to the NBA, and they merged with the NBA in 1976, and then they sort of dissolved uh, four years or three years later in 79 when four of their members decided to jump ship and uh, go officially with the NBA. And uh, that was kind of a, an odd period in basketball history. Uh, but uh, the NBA survived out of that, and uh, four teams from the ABA came in. But we want to remember the ABA forming this day in 1967. In 1969, on February 2nd, Stan Kowalski, he played before numbers with various clubs, and Wait Hoyt, who wore the jersey numbers of 11, 12, 14, 15, 19, 28, 34, and 48, with a variety of different clubs. Every club he went to, he got a different number. Well, those two were among others that were voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame on February 2nd, 1969. February 2nd, 1970, Pete Maravich, the pistol. Pistol, Pete Maravich. Well, he wore number 7 and 44 famously in his career. And on this day in, in 1970, he became the first player to hit the 3,000 point total in his collegiate career of basketball. Now, you know, he was a great pro, but remember him in college, boy, he could really shoot the ball there too. Uh, February 2nd, 1976, Roger Connor, Fred Lindstrom, and umpire Cal Hubbard were all elected in the Baseball's Hall of Fame. Now, Hubbard is also in the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he was a gridiron player there. Uh, just uh, one of the, I think he's the only one that's in both Halls of Fame but as a, he's as an umpire in the Baseball Hall of Fame. We've talked about him over on uh, pigskindispatch.com. Uh, February 2nd, 1987, the Kansas City Royals pitcher, Dennis Leonard, who was a 20-game winner three times in his career, he officially retired from playing the game this day in 1987. In February 2nd, 1997, great coach uh, Scotty Bowman becomes the first coach in NHL history to win 1,000 games. 
Coach Bowman could uh, really put the, the guys out on the ice and uh, get the best skaters out there at the best times. Brilliant, brilliant coaching mind. Uh, February 2nd, 2012, Edmonton Oilers skater number 89, Sam Gagné, uh, becomes the first player to score eight points in one game as he and his Oilers teammates doubled up the Chicago Blackhawks 8-4. to The four assists and four goals matched a record set by three greats of the game, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Coffey, and Yari Curry. That's some good company to be into, so great job. Uh, February 2nd, 2014, it's Super Bowl 48. It's played at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and had the Seattle Seahawks defeating the Denver Broncos 42-8. Real one-sided game there. Uh, the game's MVP was Seattle linebacker Malcolm Smith, who wore number 53 that year for the Hawks. February 2nd, 2020 at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Well, we saw Super Bowl 54 and the teams had not been in a game in about 50 years. The Kansas City Chiefs, well, they captured their NF first NFL title with a victory over the San Francisco 49ers 31-30. That's a first NFL title in 50 years. I'm sorry. They did win one earlier uh, when Super Bowls were first started. But that's the first one of over 50 years. 31-20 over the 49ers. The young gun, number 15, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Chiefs, grabbed the most valuable player honors. Mahomes threw two picks. But he also had some brilliant touchdown tosses as he passed for 286 yards and ran in another score with his legs per the pro football reference. Wow, that is just some great uh, history that we get to see here once again on Groundhog's Day, uh, February 2nd. And uh, now I want you to hear a great take on some uniforms and jersey numbers from one of my friends. Uh, one of our friends, Jay Abramson, uh, from History of College Football podcast. He, you've heard him. I, I know everybody has. He's had quite a few episodes on the history of the game in college football. Uh, Jay Abramson, welcome to the Pigpen. Oh, thank you so much, Darren. I'm honored to be on your phenomenal podcast. We have a special thing that you're going to be telling us about on uh, Sports Jersey Dispatch on uh, one of your favorite players in uniforms. And maybe you could uh, speak to that. Oh, absolutely. And strangely enough, it's from the world of pro football. Um, I grew up in the 60s, and my favorite team was the Kansas City Chiefs, and the rival was the Oakland Raiders. And uh, Jim Otto, the center for the Oakland Raiders, played for the Miami Hurricanes back in, in college in the 1960s. His jersey number, double O, which always fascinated me. And he was only one of three players who saw action in each of the team's 140 regular season games over the entire AFL 10-year history. Uh, during that time, he was all AFL acclaimed for those 10 consecutive seasons. And so he is one of really three players who, who can say that, that, that had sore action each one of the 140 regular season games. He was a tremendous all-star, a tremendous football player, and a uh, 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 spur in my ankle because he gave the Chiefs an awful hard time for many, many years there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great when you have, you're talking about, you know, one of your players that you're, you're honoring is that uh, guy that your team played against. That is one of the highest honors that somebody could uh, ever have. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, 
but I have all the respect in the world for Ray Lewis, who, you know, was, like you said, it was a real pain in your side uh, when you watched him on, on Sundays. But uh, same thing, Jim Otto, great story. And I, too, I love how he chose that double zeros back when it was legal in the NFL, by the way, and uh, right. and, and the AFL. And he, you know, having a, the O on each end of his last name, that's what he put on his shirt. So that was great. Well, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, Jay, for sharing that uh, great interview, uh, talking about Jim Otto here on Sports Jersey Dispatch. You can hear Jay uh, in the full, more of a full-length uh, interview. We're going to have him on Pigskin Dispatch here in the next couple of weeks uh, with the rest of that interview, talking about uh, his great books and his website and podcast, uh, History of College Football. And uh, we also want to thank our, our music today. You know, of course, we had uh, Jason Neff with uh, great guitars and uh, the s- songs and music he shared with us, and as well as uh, Mike and Gene Monroe with their great tunes that they help us out with all the time. Also, we couldn't have got this done without some great uh, websites uh, for information. Uh, onthisday.com, newspapers.com, all the sports reference uh, of the big four, you know, pro football reference, uh, basketball reference, hockey reference, and of course, baseball reference. We thank all of them for uh, sharing their information and uh, allowing us to bring you the great sports history through jerseys once again. Until tomorrow, everybody, have a great sports jersey day. This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.